is day three together of our look through Matthew chapter 12. And we saw yesterday that this is a chapter that answers some of our strongest questions. Yesterday, why didn't Jesus let everyone tell about his healing? And today, what about the unforgivable sin? What does the Bible have to say about that? Well, Jesus talked about it in verses 22 down all the way through verse 32. Let me read all of those verses. Let's get these verses in mind. And then we can look together at what Jesus' teaching is about the unforgivable sin. So starting in verse 22. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished, and they said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, He is divided against himself. How can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, what is Jesus talking about here? How do we understand this? I want to give today understanding of this difficult passage, both for you and for people that you might be able to share this with, because for many people, this is a depressing and defeating and confusing passage. So let's walk through this passage using just some simple rules of Bible study to help us to understand what Jesus is talking about here. Now, there's some questions we have at the beginning. What is this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? And I know that these questions can be very personal for many people. I remember just recently a young man, John, called me on the phone, and uh, I didn't know him. He just called in for some help with the church, and he said, I I don't think I can ever be saved. And I said, why don't you think you can be saved? He said, because a year ago, I was sitting in my room, and I swore, and I said, I hate you, Holy Spirit. And because I blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, I can't ever be saved. That's a lot of confusion about what God's doing in our lives. It's a lot of confusion about what this passage means. And so we got to clear up that confusion. Can I commit this sin? How do I give assurance to somebody like John who falsely believes that they've committed this sin? How can I give truth to someone who actually may be on the edge of committing this sin? Well, we're going to walk through just some basic rules of Bible study with this passage. And let me show you what this means, this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. One rule of Bible study you have to be aware of is that Scripture always best explains Scripture. So if you want to understand a Scripture, you go to other Scriptures. And there's there's many that we could go to, but let me just go to a few here because we only have a few minutes together. What does the Bible say about blasphemy, for instance? Well, 1 Timothy 1.13, Paul said, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. So blasphemy, you see from that passage, blasphemy itself is not the unforgivable sin. It's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus in the passage, he just said all blasphemies would be forgiven. Paul says he was a blasphemer, but he's forgiven. He was obviously a Christian. So it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, 
what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? And there are many verses we could look at, but there's one passage over in John 16, 8 to 9, that's very important to understand with what Jesus is teaching here. That passage, Jesus said, when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit, he will prove to the world, the people of the world, the truth about sin, about being right with God, and about judgment. He will prove to them that sin is not believing in me. This may be the key verse to unlock our understanding of what Jesus is talking about here. The Spirit's work is to prove or to convict the world of the fact that we need God, we need Jesus. So if you reject the Spirit's work, you're rejecting the work that's gonna get you to the place of forgiveness. This is why Jesus said to sin against him, that would be forgiven, but not against the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that leads us to him. He's the one who's working in the life of an unbeliever, the Holy Spirit. So if you blaspheme, if you reject the work of the Holy Spirit, then you reject the opportunity. If you blaspheme against the Son, the Spirit remains. But if you blaspheme against the Spirit, you are holding out the work of the Son in your life. So Scripture best explains Scripture. That gets us towards an understanding. A second rule of Bible study helps us to understand, and that is you always understand unclear passages in the light of clear passages. People love to take a scripture like this, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and make up all kinds of things of what it could mean, totally ignoring many clear passages in the scripture because it's a difficult passage to understand. You can easily attach your own ideas to it and then say, this is what it means. Well, no, that's not what it means. That's your idea. You're just trying to attach to it. You're not trying to really understand it. To understand it, you got to go to the easily understood scriptures and know that scripture is always going to agree with each other. For instance, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So the idea that you could somehow commit this blasphemy and later want to believe in Jesus, but God would say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't believe because you committed that sin. No, whoever believes will not perish. That's extremely clear. Only one of those scriptures, uh, this is only one of, of many, many scriptures that clearly teaches that. John 10, 28, Jesus said of believers, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Some people think, well, maybe after you're a believer, you can do something against the Holy Spirit and now God will reject you and you can never be saved again. But Jesus promised the minute you're saved, you have security in my salvation. I give you eternal life. So if you're truly saved, you are truly secure. Now, this answers one of the common questions about this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, this unforgivable sin. I often have people ask me, isn't, isn't suicide the unforgivable sin? Well, it doesn't say that in the Bible. It does say that all sin is forgiven the moment you come to know Christ, your past sin, your present sin, your future sin. Now, suicide is short-circuiting the plan of God. Suicide is missing out on the rewards of God. It is, it is keeping God at arm's length in your life. It is a horrific sin, but it is not the unforgivable sin. The idea that it's the unforgivable sin comes from the idea that you have to confess all your sins right before you die in order to be able to get to heaven. Well, that doesn't make any sense when you think about it because many, many, many things in life keep us from confessing all our sins the moment before we die. So it is not suicide. It is some action against the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go a little deeper into this. Another rule of Bible study is that you understand words and verses in light of their context. So you can't just look at what Jesus said about the unforgivable sin here. You have to look at the context. And the context is these Pharisees who are saying Jesus heals, he drives out demons by the power of Beelzebub, by Satan's power. 
Here's God in human flesh in front of them, and they're calling him Satan. They're calling God Satan. They have a serious failure to see what God is at work on in the world. They were looking at God incarnate, and they were calling him Satan incarnate. This is not about someone who angrily says a swear word to God in a prayer. This is about totally rejecting the work and person of God in your life. Now, there's a very simple test for you and others, by the way. People say, have I committed this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? I always say to people, if you're asking that question, you have not committed that sin. If you'd committed this sin, you wouldn't be asking a pastor that question. You wouldn't be thinking about spiritual things. You wouldn't be thinking about God at all. You wouldn't be concerned one bit about your spiritual life. So when you look at the Pharisees here, you see there's a very, very serious line that they've crossed where they cannot see God's work anymore. They've rejected the Spirit's work in their life. They have no spiritual sensitivity left because they rejected again and again and again. I can't know when that's happened in someone's life. You can't know when that's happened in someone's life. Only God can know that. But he warns us against it, that it can happen. A fourth law of Bible study is that you understand personal experience in light of Scripture. And I put that one in because sometimes I'll have people say to me, well, well, I know a guy who read this verse as a believer about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and it so frightened him that it turned his life around. So maybe it is something for believers. No, no, you, you can't let your personal experience be imposed on the Scripture. I mean, if I said to you, I know a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and he lived through it, and he turned his life around because of it, you wouldn't give anybody the advice to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge because of that. You can't read back into Scripture based on your personal experience. I'm glad God did that in that person's life, but it doesn't change the truth that you're secure in him. There's a fifth rule of Bible study, and that is the primary purpose of the Bible is to change our lives. The primary purpose of the Bible is not to argue about what this means, but to look at what is it What does it say about how I'm to change my life? And there's three things, just very briefly, that I hear in this warning that Jesus gives. Number one, my life changes when I understand the seriousness of my sin. I never want to get past understanding that. God is gracious with our sin, but he's also serious about sin. If I could get a glimpse of sin as God sees it, I would see why he's so serious about it, how destructive, how horrific it really is. And sin can keep me from God's presence forever. So my life changes when I understand the seriousness of my sin. A second truth in this passage for me is that my life changes when I understand the security of my salvation. That when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I listen to the Holy Spirit and I turn my life over to Jesus, I have gone past this line to a different place in my life where I'm living in his love. So you live in that security. But then, and probably most powerfully in this passage for me, My life changes when I understand the power of God's Spirit. Before I was a believer, the power of God's Spirit is, even though I didn't know it, is what led me to know Jesus Christ. And to reject his power would have been to be lost. Now that I am a believer, and once you become a believer, to live without his power is to live a wasted life. To live without his power is to live a life that misses the point of what God put you on this planet to do because you need the Spirit's power in your life. The opposite of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the life that God means for us to live, not holding the Spirit out of our lives, but inviting the Spirit into our lives to do God's work in our lives. Let's take a minute to pray together for that very thing today. Lord, we pray that first you'd help us to teach someone these truths we've, we've just looked at. 
to encourage someone, to encourage someone to see the seriousness of their sin, but also to see the love that you have for them. Satan tries to twist these words sometimes to scare people that they could never be saved. Help us to encourage someone, Lord, today that your love is reaching out to them, whether it's an issue of this verse or anything else in their lives. And then in our own lives, Lord, help us to live in the power of your spirit today, trusting you, knowing that you want to work through us. Thank you that you love us as we are, but you're also growing us to be all that you want us to be. And help us to rejoice in what you're doing in our lives today, we pray. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about the power of your words. (laughs) 